Good morning, Orlando. Good Friday morning to you. Welcome aboard here at 6 o'clock for our first check of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM at AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning the Green New Deal is here. Details in one minute. And we'll look into what's in the Green New Deal and the rise of socialism in America next on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio 93.1. On Capitol Hill, progressive Democrats are unveiling their Green New Deal. I am so incredibly excited. The Green New Deal has an estimated price tag of $7 trillion, but its freshman champion, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, doesn't want to talk about that. So the resolution itself does not have a price tag on it, which is why we address each individual project on its own. It is certainly ambitious, moving America to 100% clean and renewable energy by 2030 through major investment increases in wind and solar power, sweetened with generous tax incentives. Fox's Mike Emanuel says the Green New Deal also calls for a modernization of U.S. infrastructure. Senate Republican John Barrasso, chairman of the Environment and Public Works Committee, slammed the proposal as a socialist manifesto. More details coming up on this, and we'll be taking calls on the Green New Deal and the rise of socialism in the USA. All right, bud, this news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Florida's controversial Best and Brightest Teacher Rewards Program will get a major overhaul if Governor Ron DeSantis has his way. Speaking at a high school in Tampa, DeSantis said his proposal will raise Florida's standing nationwide when it comes to teacher pay. If our bonus program passes, we'll go from about 37th or 38th in teacher compensation uh, to about middle of the pack, which is a big jump for just for just one year. Um, and obviously we want to do more. Under DeSantis's program, 45,000 teachers who work at schools that grow at least 1% in their grade calculation could get more than $9,000 in bonuses. Residents of an Orange County apartment complex scrambled from their homes early this morning as intense smoke and flames engulfed the complex. At least six units at the Lexington Place Apartments on Westwood Boulevard near I-Drive were damaged before the fire was brought under control. The people who make traffic lights, traffic cones, and all the other safety devices are meeting in Tampa starting today. They plan to show off new technology that includes smart construction barrels that can talk to smart cars. It looks like a regular barrel um, that you see out on the roadway in a construction zone, but it monitors um, the speed um, on the roadway and it monitors the level of congestion, and it can shoot real-time information to the driver. Donna Clark of the American Traffic Safety Services Association says their convention will also feature innovations designed to make the pathway easier for self-driving cars. Baseball Hall of Famer Frank Robinson has died. Robinson was the only player to win the MVP in both the National and American Leagues before becoming MLB's first African-American manager. At his Hall of Fame induction speech in 1982, Robinson recalled that he wanted to be more than just a manager. What I want to do is manage one day, but I also want to further the cause for other Afro-Americans that come after me that want to manage at the big league level. Frank Robinson died yesterday at the age of 83 in Los Angeles after battling bone cancer. 
He's 10th on the all-time career home run list with 586 round-trippers. Fantastic player. Amazing. Could do it all, and of course, a pioneer as the first black manager in Major League Baseball. You know, in the mid-60s, he was traded from the Cincinnati Reds, where he was a big star and had been MVP, to the Baltimore Orioles. The Reds GM saying that Robinson was an old 30 at the time. And he went on to win the Triple Crown, I yeah. think, first year. Yeah, that's there's your old 30, buddy. <laughs> WFLA News time is 6.05. A teenager is surprised to find an extra $11.5 million in his bank account. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. The socialists are running wild in the halls of Congress. We're getting into this AOC and Ed Markey socialist plan, this Green New Deal. We'll tell you what's in it. We'll tell you what the chances are of this ever being implemented and what it would do to America if it were, and we'll be taking your calls. Welcome aboard. It's a Friday edition here of Good Morning Orlando alongside Alan Spector, my co-host, the Bud Man here, and Yaffe, our executive producer, will be um, tying it all together as he does flawlessly, and Melissa will be taking your phone calls. She's the friendly voice you'll hear when you want to get to us and join the conversation at 407-916-5400. Toll-free, 866-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. And we are going to be, you know, tying this all into the to the rising popularity among young Americans, in particular, of socialism over capitalism in America. And we're going to have a real reality check on what socialism does to nations that have tried it. But first of all, Alan, how about some good old-fashioned capitalism? Well, we've got our own Green New Deal here. We want to give you $1,000 in green cash as we attempt to put a grand in your hand with our texting contest. In just moments, you'll hear the keyword of the hour. Text that keyword to 200-200. You could be winning $1,000. Now, you might get a call shortly thereafter from area code 513. If you do, don't ignore it. Pick it up. That could be us telling you you have won $1,000. All that and an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 6.07. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Attacking climate change is at the core of the Green New Deal. But there's so much more in it beyond that, that focus. I mean, this thing reads like an old-fashioned communist manifesto in many ways. You know, a roadmap to government intervention in our lives at an unimaginable level. And the government takeover, literally, of all aspects of American life and the American economy. It is a 14-page resolution that has hit Congress that is believed by many to be the most radical document ever to hit the floors of the House and Senate. 29-year-old freshman congresswoman from New York, the admitted Democrat socialist, emphasis on socialist, Ocasio-Cortez, has a partner in the Senate, in old 72-year-old Ed Markey of Massachusetts, a classic Massachusetts liberal, and they introduced this joint resolution. Um, let me tell you a little bit of what is in this thing. Again, the core of the thing is dealing with climate change. We've got too much pollution. We've got to clean up our act here, and we're going to do it, and it's going to cost you big time. The estimates are $7 trillion. I say it's more than that, 
but it isn't it isn't those introducing it who are willing to put a price tag on it. It's those on on the outside analyzing what this would cost to implement. Uh, if you want to feel good about this nightmare, trust me, now it's going nowhere because the Republicans have control of the Senate. But they are in it for the long haul. The socialists who are on the rise in Congress and among the young demographic all across this country. The core of the Green New Deal is a proposal within 10 years to eliminate pollution and greenhouse gas emissions and to meet 100% of the power demand in the United States through wind and solar, all zero-emission renewable energy. Lots of luck with that. They call for doing away with air travel in the United States within 10 years because it's too much pollution from the airplanes to be replaced by high-speed rail. That'll be quite a ride from California to Hawaii, but I guess they're not really thinking too much about that. Beyond that, listen to this. Here's what else is in this thing. A job for everybody with a family-sustaining wage, family and medical leave, vacations, retirement security, um, free high-quality education, quote-unquote free, comes from the taxpayers who will be taxed to the max. They're talking about a 70% marginal tax rate here. Um, What else? Free, high-quality health care, universal health care, all paid for by soaking the taxpayers and not just the rich. Safe, affordable, adequate housing. They talk about redoing the entire infrastructure, either, either rebuilding all the buildings in the country or retrofitting the buildings they can with green energy. Wow, this is amazing. And also it calls for economic security for all in this country who are unable or unwilling to work. Can't work? Don't feel like working? We've got your back. Here's a check. Let's listen to the socialist 29-year-old freshman congresswoman from the Democrat Party, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, asked on NPR, will you admit that your Green New Deal plan would require massive government intervention in order to implement intervention? It does. It does. Yeah, I have no problem saying that. Why? Because we have tried their approach for 40 years. For 40 years, we tried to let the private sector take care of it. They said, we got this. We can do this. And AOC now on MSNBC yesterday on the Green New Deal being the first step toward the Democrat socialist seizing full political power in the 2020 election. When you actually break down our strategy on the Green New Deal, um, even when you go all the way back to to our requests in in the fall, mm-hmm. we were talking about the need to draft or come up with a blueprint by 2020, because what this really is is an organizing play. It's so that. By 2020, we can get all of those chess pieces in order. We can get a majority in the House. We can get a majority in the Senate. We can capture the presidency, and we can get things done. Well, there you go. That's the Democrat socialist, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. If you were face-to-face with her, what would you tell her? Would you tell her, sign me up, AOC? I'm in. I've had it with the capitalism. I'm in for socialism and the Green New Deal. Or would you have something else to impart to her? 407-916-5400, toll-free 866-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. We'll get um, the take of our gang here, but we want to hear from you as well, and a heavy emphasis on what socialism means 
to a society and an economy in our 7 o'clock hour. Oh, one more thing. It's going to be open season on cows under the Green New Deal here. They want to end cow flatulence. Flatulence from cows sends methane into the atmosphere, contributes to pollution and climate change. I think that the Chick-fil-A cows are going to take on a new assignment. It's going to be much more than eat more chicken so we survive. It's going to be eat more socialists. Well, I think it's about time we did something about the cows. <laughs> it's a little Poor nasty cows. out there in the past. Time you know. to I'm as, not kidding. That's actually in the plan. It's time to, as, in the plan. as Melissa Fox would say, cull the herd. Mm, Literally. But, what about it, gang? Thoughts? I, uh, I will uh, say right off, it's overly ambitious and, as you pointed out, has no chance of getting through Congress, at least in the near future. Well, of course, they're looking at the long view on this thing. Yeah, it covers a lot of territory. I will say, at the risk of painting a target on my back, that I am one of those wackos who believes the overwhelming majority of scientists and experts who say climate change is real. That we've oh, seen. I think it's changing, but I don't know that man is any other than a marginal player and that we have it within our power to do anything about it. Because, you know, we can do all of the stuff they want in the Green Deal, and if China, that's building a coal-fired plant every single week, and India, et cetera, don't do anything, we're all breathing the same air. Does that mean we give up, though? And uh, I have, so far during the Trump administration, I've really seen nothing positive done on the environment. Uh, instead, we hear... Shouts of drill, baby, drill, as opposed to looking into renewable sources of energy like wind and solar. So the bottom line here is I'm pleased to see somebody taking some action toward the uh, protecting the environment and toward climate change uh, dealing with that issue. Yeah, you and I couldn't uh, disagree more on that. I think Trump has, uh, has gotten us to the point of energy independence that has so many more positive ramifications for us. Uh, than you know than 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 anything else that is out there on the energy front. Well, you want to talk about clean energy? One form that's much cleaner is natural gas, but a lot of Democrats have been for drilling more for that. Also, nuclear energy has doesn't have the emissions, and this they want to de- they want to decommission all the nuclear. Yeah, pitch. there's that's no, a part of this plan. There's so. actually no call for anything about nuclear energy in in there. It, it has no future in in this plan. No, no they calls to get rid of it. Yeah, that's what exactly. I'm saying. You can't do exactly. that. This is terrible. It's a jobs program. It's an environmental program, and it's a redistributive program. Well, of course it is. It's socialism over capitalism, and that is exactly where they're headed. It's much more than just about climate change. This is why so many conservatives have been skeptical of man-made climate change for so long, because the solutions are always bigger government, more government control, higher taxes, and on and on and on. It's always stuff that Democrats have wanted for years, and now they have a convenient theory to implement it. Let's bring on Matt from Claremont on all of this. AOC and the Green New Deal. What about it, Matt? (laughs) Fake technology, fake science. Uh, I mean, the facts are on our side, you know, but and actually, a majority of science, almost all the scientists don't think CO2 is a pollutant. It's only a narrow band of these government scientists. And so I disagree with your host there. He's wrong. I mean, look at the Oregon petition. It's like 32,000. All right. The Oregon petition? Yeah. Most of the scientists don't think CO2 is a pollutant. So I don't know where you come up with that. You're just following the media narrative 
when you say that. I don't know that you're fully informed on it. Let me get another caller in here. Matt, thank you for that. Kevin, good morning from Melbourne. Hey, bud. You know, I, I read this new deal, this Green New Deal resolution <clears throat> yesterday, and I just, I, I was cracking up laughing because it's so insane. And <clears throat> the part that really gets me is the part where she says that uh, there's a, a guaranteed income for everyone that's unable or even unwilling to work. <laughs> and, and basically, and another part is this. It's literally in there in those words. That is not some conservative yeah. mocking the plan. It's right there. Right. Yes, and also doing away with um, doing away with air travel. How do you do that? You're going to do away with air travel and replace it with high speed trains. Yeah. So we can't we can't fly overseas anymore. Also, what would it do to the space program? Will we not be able to fly, uh, launch rockets into space and put our, our satellites in space anymore? It's ludicrous. Thank you, Kevin. Text line. What do, what do you got, gang? Uh, yes. One person says this. Says someone needs to tell AOC that one-third of the planet's carbon emissions comes from seagoing vessels. Another person says AOC is just another politician that doesn't have all their marbles. She's got the attention of a lot of people. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's like every time she's on, people feel compelled, whether they like her or not, to watch her to listen. She's they're, the they're... Trump of the Democrat Party. This exactly is my favorite text, is. though. When the disruptor. Do the, when do the re-education camps open up for those who disagree? Yeah, mm. we, yeah we have ways of getting you to think as you should. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anything else on the text line there, gang? We got a lot more coming in. We'll talk about it later in the show. And we're going to really get into the nuts and bolts of what moving from capitalism to socialism, which is what this plan is all about, would mean for America. And trust me, if history informs us to any degree, and it does, it would not be pretty. We'll stay with that story. It's a big one. We thread it through the whole show all morning. But, of course, we got to keep you up to date on what's going on. Alan? Yeah, we'll give you an update on that overnight standoff in Polk County we were talking about yesterday morning. More details on that have come out. And a home invasion in Brevard County leaves two people dead. Those stories and others, along with traffic and weather together in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 6.30. Good Friday morning. Glad you've joined us here for Good Morning Orlando. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch just in time for Allen's News Update. Bud, we told you yesterday about an overnight standoff in Polk County, and it turns out it was a close call for a member of the SWAT team there. A bullet grazed Lieutenant Mike Baldwin's pant leg, while he and other deputies surrounded a house in Davenport. Sheriff Grady Judd says 20-year-old Zachary Stinson was refusing to come out of his house following a domestic disturbance there. He actually, during the negotiations or during the conversation, said he wanted to do a suicide by cop, that he was dying today. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Baker acted Zachary on 10 different occasions. And Judd wonders why the mental health system keeps releasing Stinson, who wound up surrendering peacefully. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Two people are dead after an apparent home invasion in Brevard County. Deputies say a resident shot two masked men yesterday in Mims. One of the suspects was found dead inside the home. The other was found in the street and passed away at the hospital. They have not been identified. No charges have been announced. He didn't ask for it, but looks like the new governor will be getting a new airplane from the Florida legislature. 
The state sold the governor's airplane after Rick Scott was elected because he has his own jet. So Governor Ron DeSantis has been using an old prop plane seized from drug smugglers. Senate Budget Chairman Rob Bradley says not acceptable. It is ridiculous if we're the third largest state in the union that the governor um, is, having to, is having to travel around in the manner that he's having to travel around right now. The governor has not requested funding for a new airplane in his budget, but House and Senate leaders are on board. So it looks like Air DeSantis will get an upgrade when the new budget is done. In Tallahassee, Rick Flagg, News Radio 93.1, WFLA. The Tampa Bay Sports Commission is getting $3 million in tourist tax dollars to help host Super Bowl 55 at Raymond James Stadium in 2021. County Commissioner Ken Hagan says it's a drop in the bucket considering the overall cost of hosting the nation's biggest football game. Ten years ago, this board unanimously approved $1.5 million to host the 2009 Super Bowl. And we've also approved $1 million for the RNC, Bollywood, and college football playoff. Our investment is only a small part of what must be raised to host a Super Bowl with most of the funding coming from the private sector. Los Angeles had originally been selected to host the 2021 Super Bowl, but delays in L.A.'s new football stadium construction forced the NFL to award the game to the runner-up, Tampa Bay. So we'll be able to watch Tom Brady go for his eighth Super Bowl win right down the road. In Budtopia, yes. <laughs> in reality, mm, eh, who knows? maybe. <laughs> the richest man in the world says if he can't stand up to blackmail, who can? Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos is accusing the parent company of the National Enquirer of trying to force him to claim there was no political motivation behind the Enquirer's stories about him. That in exchange for the Inquirer not publishing embarrassing nude photos of Bezos and his girlfriend. WFLA News Time is 6.36. I'm Alan Spector, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Get these stories and more at WFLAOrlando.com. Uh, WFLA Time now on Good Morning Orlando for the Bloomberg Business Report and Gina Cervetti. Thanks, Alan. Let's bring her in live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City as Yaffe throws the switch. Gina Cervetti, good Friday morning to you. Good Friday morning, bud. So you're checking out the futures, looking back on yesterday's stock trading session. What do you see? Well, the futures are slipping here a little bit as investors remain concerned that the U.S. may not reach a trade deal with China before a March deadline. Meanwhile, little progress on a deal to avoid another government shutdown. Investors are looking ahead to more earnings today. We hear from the embattled utility PG&E, from Hasbro and others. All of these concerns weighing on Wall Street yesterday. And we had the Dow down 221 points to 25,170. The S&P tumbled 26, about 1% to 2706. The Nasdaq fell 87. The Bloomberg Orlando index was down 3 uh, three-tenths of a percent, SunTrust Banks surged after agreeing to sell itself to BB&T. We talk a lot, uh, Gina, about the opioid crisis on this show. And uh, in the Bloomberg Business Report, uh, you have an item on labor unions filing suit against opioid makers mm -hmm. over drug-related health care costs. What's this all about? Yes, this is Purdue Pharma, Teva Pharmaceuticals, and other top drug makers facing a lawsuit by labor unions and union benefit funds claiming that the over-prescription of opioids is killing their workers and raising their health care costs. The lawsuit was filed February 6th in an Illinois trial court, also names individual doctors, and includes claims of consumer fraud, insurance fraud, civil conspiracy, negligence, and public nuisance. And you brought us lots of news chronicling the demise of Sears, the once iconic uh, U.S. retailer here. A lot of folks thought that they would be perhaps gone 
uh, by now. But the headline this morning, Sears survives, at least for now. That's right. A U.S. bankruptcy judge has approved Chairman Eddie Lampert's $5.2 billion bid to keep the retailer alive, making it official for now, sealing Lampert's quest to initially preserve about 425 stores and 45,000 jobs. The judge rejected arguments from creditors that the sale process was unfair. They've argued that Lampert plundered the company's assets and failed to invest enough in stores to make it successful. The judge said those claims would likely be decided in future lawsuits. Okay, an important update right now from Gina on that FaceTime bug. Apple has issued a fix for that problem. What can you tell us? That's right. They're out with a software update to fix that glitch that let users of its FaceTime video chat service listen in on people before they accepted or rejected the call. And Reuters is reporting that Apple also said it would reward the 14-year-old Arizona boy who discovered the problem and also make an additional gift toward the boy's education. And finally, Barbie. The Barbie doll, Barbie, is again a billion-dollar brand. Let's talk about it. Yeah, she's had her struggles, bud, but Barbie is once again above the billion-dollar mark when it comes to annual revenue. Came in at just over a billion dollars, and that's the first time it hit that threshold since 2014. And that helped Mattel post its first earnings beat in three years. Very interesting. I wonder what's fueling the comeback for Barbie. Well, I know they're making different versions yeah, of Barbie, right? Yeah, that's one thing. Yep, they've uh, revamped her brand. And, uh, you know, she faced some competition here over the years from other other brands. And so Mattel is pretty happy that Barbie is uh, back in vogue, so to she, speak. I, th I think she was born and hit <laughs> shelves like in 1959. It's amazing she's still such a big player with the, uh, with the young girls across this country. She's been around for a while. She sure has. Thank you, Gina, very much. Have a great weekend. Catch you Monday morning, same time. Thanks, bud. You too. You bet. Coming up, Florida's fetal heartbeat bill has been filed. What's it all about? I'll tell you, and I'll tell you what I think of it. And I'll be looking forward for your take on it as well. Right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, and that happens in two minutes here on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. If you didn't know, you know now the Bud Man is unabashedly and unapologetically pro life. And that's why I am proud to see this legislation being filed for consideration during the upcoming Florida legislative session. However, court decisions around the country would suggest that this is going to have a rocky road, but at least on principle, this is something that makes me very, very proud of the conservatives in Tallahassee from the Republican Party in both the House and the Senate. The, um, the fetal heartbeat bill here, a fetal heartbeat can be detected as early as six weeks. The American Pregnancy Association says most women discover they're pregnant during the fourth to seventh week of pregnancy. So at that point, you no longer can make any credible case that it's just a mass of cells. It's really not a human being. If you have a beating heart, you have a person inside you. You have a human being. You have a baby Call it a fetus if you want, but you have a baby. You don't, you know what? You don't announce to your friends, girls, right? Hey, hey, we're having a fetus. No, we're having a baby. We're having a baby. Well, where's the baby? Oh, the baby's right here. I can feel him kicking right now. Nobody ever says I can feel the fetus kicking, or that mass of cells is moving around down there, Yaffe. 
Nobody ever refers to it that way. That Isn't is that a, interesting? That is a great point. You know, as pro-choice as, and pro-abortion as anybody might be, they're always talking about, oh, I can feel the baby kicking. Oh, wait a minute. That's a baby, huh? It's not a tumor. That would be a small human being, a person, wouldn't it? But at any rate, currently in uh, Florida, abortions are prohibited after the third trimester unless there's a case where the mother's life or health is seriously at risk. This, um, this bill has, a, has some teeth in it. The measure proposes a third-degree felony charge for a doctor who knowingly or purposefully performs or induces an abortion on a pregnant woman with the specific intent of causing or abetting the termination of the life of the unborn human being whose fetal heartbeat has been detected, with limited exceptions for when the mother's life is in danger, and that's what's in the bill. If you are convicted of a third-degree felony here, this is not a slap on the wrist. This is up to five years in prison, up to a $5,000 fine. So this is, this is serious. And Governor Ron DeSantis, who's definitely been shown to be a man of action, and we like a lot of what we're seeing from our new Republican governor. During the campaign, he pledged to sign fetal heart legislation. So we've got an avenue to getting this done in the state of Florida. But there will be court challenges because there have been courts around the country that have recently struck down similar proposals saying that they fly in the face of Roe v. Wade that legalized abortion in this country in 1973. But again, I am proud of our conservative lawmakers in the Florida and the House who have had the courage to put this bill out there. And we have a governor who's ready to sign it if we can get it passed, Yaffe. Yeah, but you're right. My first thought was, what will the courts do? Because other states have done this. And like you said, the courts have struck it down. So it's unfortunate because it just makes total sense, like you said. Yeah. When you got a heartbeat, when you got a heartbeat, you got a human being in you. All right, you don't have a little mass of cells here. I think it's odd that uh, the two people that we know of already in Central Florida representatives that are female are the ones that say this bill is bad. You've got uh, Anna Eskimani from Orlando said it's an extreme anti-reproductive health care bill. Again, saying politicians shouldn't decide what women should do with their bodies. Uh, we're, 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 we're just not into the business of murdering babies. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I hear you. That's the way I see it. But I, I know there's another side there. Your thoughts on the uh, fetal heartbeat pill. What do you think of that legislation? Would you like to see it become the law here in the state of Florida? 407-916-5400. Text me at 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. You're next after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes here in good morning, Orlando. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. So we're talking about the um, fetal heartbeat bill that has been filed in the Florida House and the Florida Senate by a couple of staunch conservatives and pro-lifers here. No doubt it'll face court challenges, um, but this would... This would um, provide very serious penalties for doctors who knowingly perform or induce an abortion on a pregnant woman when a fetal heartbeat has been detected. At that point, when it is just flat out undeniable that you have a living human being inside you. And I support this. So 
Let's see what we have on the text line and incoming from the smartest audience in talk radio. Not everybody will agree with this. As Melissa pointed out, there's already opposition lining up big time on the pro-choice side of the ledger. Yeah, one of our texters does agree, though. says, Planned Parenthood likes to refer to it as products of conception. Aren't we all products of conception? means it's still a person in that person's mind. But another person disagrees a little bit, says there has to be flexibility in the abortion law to allow for extreme situations such as rape, incest, or a doctor's recommendation to save the life of the mother. I think that's in there. <laughs> uh, what is it also? They said the pendulum has to swing back on murdering babies. We are already in trouble as far as respecting life. Be very interesting to see how this plays, but Governor DeSantis, when he was candidate DeSantis, says he would sign such legislation. Of course, he'd have no chance to do that unless it actually and unless it actually came out of the legislature. And now it appears it will, or it will at least be considered. And with conservative majorities, I think this has got a chance to get to the governor's desk and then be signed into law and then face the court challenges. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm happy about it. Definitely. Yeah. At least a step in the right direction. Yeah, I would say absolutely. You know, we have this um, this Green New Deal from the uh, the new young Democrat Party socialist, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and old Ed Markey, the 72-year-old liberal senator from Massachusetts, and it hit the halls of Congress yesterday, and it's a really radical proposal, and we talked about it in the 6 o'clock hour. More on that in the 8 o'clock hour. But under the category of the rise of socialism, I've got stunning new poll numbers on how popular socialism is becoming over capitalism among particularly young people in this country. In the um, uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez demographic. And then we will hear from Americans who fled socialism in Venezuela and the message they have for Ocasio-Cortez and anybody else who is pushing socialism in this country. They know whereof they speak. We'll also look into why, almost without exception, socialism winds up failing the people of the country in which it is instituted. So all of that in our next hour. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on the Friday edition of the show at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Coming here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning DeSantis wants to give teachers more money. We'll tell you about his proposal in one minute. The rise of socialism in America. We're talking about it with you next on Good Morning Orlando. 702 on News Radio 93.1. Florida teachers could see bonuses of more than $9,000 under a compensation proposal unveiled by Governor Ron DeSantis. Appearing at a Tampa high school, DeSantis said the $422 million program would also help teachers pay off their student loans. If you go to college, you know, you rack up some of this debt. If you're willing to do this and dedicate those five years, you know, that we'll be able to wipe that slate clean up into a pretty significant amount of money. And so I think that that's very attractive. DeSantis says $10 million would be spent on teacher recruitment, focusing mostly on high-needs areas. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A caretaker is accused of fathering a child with a developmentally disabled woman in Brevard County. 
Willie Shorter's arrest this week came more than four years after the woman at the Bridges facility in Rockledge was found to be pregnant. He was arrested on Wednesday when DNA tests confirmed he was the father. In Washington, survivors of last year's Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting are supporting a bipartisan bill in the U.S. House that requires background checks for every firearm sale. Tony Montalto with the group Stand with Parkland spoke in favor of the bill at an event featuring several legislators. Mandatory background checks on all sales and transfers of firearms need to become part of our national effort to stop our children from being murdered at school. Republican Congressman Peter King of New York and Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania also spoke in favor of the bill, calling it a common-sense piece of legislation. President Trump will undergo his second presidential physical exam today. The results from the president's first physical administered last January found that while President Trump's blood pressure was normal, there was concern regarding both his cholesterol and his weight. According to CDC guidelines, his reported weight of 239 pounds put him just shy of being obese. Besides taking Crestor used to prevent cardiovascular disease, the president is also taking a daily multivitamin Propecia for hair loss, a daily aspirin for his heart, and using a cream for rosacea. At the White House, John Decker, Fox News. I take Crestor, too. How about that? I never knew that he took that. The statin. Everybody's on statins these days. Yeah, and I understand he's also due to get a colonoscopy this year. Well, we'll see how all of that goes. We wish yeah. him. We, 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 <laughs> oh, we, we wish him well. We're not sure we want to exactly see how that goes. But well, I don't know. No, <laughs> the yeah. results. Yeah. We, we we await those. In a way, he's already getting that from the Democrats, but that's a whole other story. But isn't seriously, it? on other news, a baseball legend <laughs> is dead. Frank Robinson died yesterday in Los Angeles after a battle with bone cancer. Robinson is the only player to win the Most Valuable Player award in both the American and National Leagues. He won the Triple Crown in 1966 and became the sport's first African-American manager with the Cleveland Indians in 1975. In his later years, Robinson served as an advisor and consultant to Major League Baseball. I'm trying to make it better for the kids that are coming after me. Do they want to be a baseball player? Do they want to be a front office person? Frank Robinson was 83. Lost another giant. WFLA News Time is 7.05. NYPD tells Waze it must stop publicizing DWI checkpoints in its app. That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Good morning, Orlando. Welcome to the show, the Friday edition. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch. The Budman, Alan, Yaffe, and Melissa, and we are so glad you've joined us. Now, we have the Green New Deal from the, the red-hot new 29-year-old freshman socialist Democrat congresswoman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We talked about this thing. It, it, really, is, it, it really is a prescription w- to go way beyond dealing with climate change in radical ways, uh, in unaffordable ways. Uh, to really representing a giant leap by the left wing of the Democratic Party toward really changing our whole system in this country from one of capitalism to socialism. What happens to a country when that occurs? Stay tuned. We'll get into that from some people who really know, and I'll share some disturbing polling about one particular group of Americans 
that are falling out of love with capitalism and in love with socialism and what is behind that. So it's all coming up in an important half hour of Good Morning Orlando, and we're looking forward to having you be part of the conversation. You know, you may be opposed to government giveaways, but how about iHeartRadio giveaways? They're the best. $1,000 up for grabs every hour in our Grand In Your Hand texting contest. When you hear the keyword of the hour, which you will in just moments, text it to 200-200. You could be the winner of $1,000. Keep in mind, you could be advised that you have won by getting a call from area code 513. If you do, don't ignore that call. All that, plus Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 7.08. You know, in my book, socialism is the big lie of the 20. 20- First century. It sounds so good, and it seems to work in some countries right at the beginning, and then it winds up failing almost without exception. And people wind up being promised prosperity and security. Everybody's equal. The state will take care of you from cradle to grave, and they wind up in misery. They wind up in poverty. They wind up under a tyrannical state. And I think one of the big problems with socialism, and Yaffe, it's a big, big topic here, but it flies in the face more and more, and I've read a lot on this, it flies in the face of basic human nature. Right. You know, and, 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 it, and it takes away the incentives to work and to produce and to succeed. And, and it's incompatible with the basic human nature um, to do those things. And capitalism connects with that basic human nature that is not going to be changed. You know, the Lord made us who we are and, and the way we are, and that's not going to change. And I think capitalism has been shown to be compatible with basic human nature, and socialism is not. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's in basic human nature to want to keep the fruit of your own labor, which in this case, in this country, is your money and what you produce. Socialism takes that wet, that takes that away, so it takes away the incentive. The beauty of capitalism, not only does it incentivize you to do better for yourself, but by doing better for yourself, you're creating a good or service that helps society as a whole as well. It's a win-win situation that has helped lift the world out of poverty. Well put, my friend. Yep. you got to catch Yaffe on the ride home with his brand-new show, um, PM Orlando, 5 to 6 every night. That's the kind of um, analysis that you are going to hear. And, of course, the news of the day, local and national as well. 5 to 6 every afternoon on the drive home. Yaffe with PM Orlando. But back to the matter at hand here. Here's the president, President Trump, on socialism during the State of the Union. The left wing of the Democratic Party is embracing socialism at an unprecedented rate, as we know. But listen to Donald Trump. America will never. Here in the United States, we are alarmed by the new calls to adopt socialism in our country. America was founded on liberty and independence and not government coercion, domination and control. We are born free, and we will stay free. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. Amen to that, Mr. President. 
But one thing is disturbing to me. There's a new Gallup poll out, and they do it every year. They break down various age groups of Americans and how they feel about socialism versus capitalism. And there hasn't been a lot of change in middle and older-aged Americans, but where the big change in the new Gallup poll is among younger Americans, those who are 18 to 29. That's where you're seeing the change. In the last poll taken last year, late last year, for 2018, 57% of that young age group had a positive view of socialism. Only 47% had a positive view of capitalism. You go back, now that, that's a 10-point spread. Two years ago, it was only a two-point spread. You go back to 2010, it was 53-53, socialism versus capitalism. Um, th- now, that, that's among the Democrats. Among the Republicans in 2018, it's 71% positive view of capitalism, 16% positive view of socialism. So you talk about a political divide, there you have it in terms of political systems, and ideology. People 18 to 29 more positive about socialism than they are about capitalism by a margin of 51 to 45 when you take the whole population. And that is a big change. When you look at older groups, uh, not much change since 2010. What's driving that? I don't know except to say that there is no question, and Yaffe and I have discussed this off air, that these kids, a lot of them going to college, are being indoctrinated by the left-wing professors who populate the faculties of colleges and universities from sea to shining sea in this country. They do. And that, I don't know what else is driving it, but it's disturbing. But trust me, the new left-wing of the Democratic Party, uh, Ocasio-Cortez and the rest of them, are playing to that and believing with that younger demographic what they're pushing in terms of socialism in this country, whether it's the Green New Deal or whatever it is, is going to have a constituency that will be growing in numbers. What happens to a country that embraces socialism? Some folks who live in America now and fled socialism in Venezuela weigh in in a moment and wait until you hear it. You don't want to miss it. I'd like your take on what happens to countries when socialism is embraced, why socialism fails, and what socialism would do were it fully embraced in America at the expense of the capitalist system we have that has produced the highest standard of living for a a nation of this size that we have ever seen in the country, with other benefits as well. We'll get to that, and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic will be updated as well in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, and Michael Yaffe. want you to listen to something for a couple of minutes right now. Campus reform reporter talking with Americans who fled Venezuela because of how socialism has destroyed that country. What is their message to young people, or anyone for that matter, who thinks socialism is a good idea for America? Look yourself in the mirror of Venezuela and Cuba. You do not ever want anyone not even close to socialism to come to this country people are eating from trash bags in the street so what's how has socialism actually helped the country from the perspective of people who've lived through uh failed socialism it's uh very hard to accomplish yeah i don't think any venezuelan can really like socialism because we've seen it put in place very well 
It's not a game. It is not a game. It is not the route to go. It is not possible. It's not feasible. Don't fall for it. It doesn't work the way the book says it works because we're humans and we have imperfections and socialism is too perfect to be true. Check your history, look at the news, look at all the countries that have failed under a socialist government, like Cuba, like Venezuela. In Venezuela, socialism doesn't work. We've seen what happens when socialism kind of takes to the extreme. Bernie Sanders, as your enemy, do not ever ever get involved with this individual or any of the other socialists. We also thought that this could never happen in our country. We had a balance of powers, we had democracy, and we elected our leaders. People always talk about the Nazis and stuff like that, but nobody talks about the socialists and, the, and communism. It, it has killed probably more people than Nazis did. It's a big lie to people who are disadvantaged, and it just actually makes them worse off. I left my home country 20 years ago because of this, and it's a gradual process over time, little by little, power is taken away from the people. Wow. Americans who fled socialism in Venezuela. What a message for those who are getting all excited about Ocasio-Cortez and the Green New Deal and socialism in this country over capitalism. Text line is on fire, guys. What do we have? Yeah, one person says, hey, bud, as a former high school teacher and parent of college kids, I think we have a generation that has embraced personal pleasure over personal responsibility, a government system which they think will allow them to work less and have more sa- have more sounds very attractive. Uh, another person says allowing industries to manipulate our politicians to legislate in their favor is not capitalism. I would actually agree with that point that sometimes we don't practice true capitalism. That doesn't mean we should go in the total direction of socialism. Communism is not socialism, this one says. Not one politician in America is proposing communism. Bernie and the rest are proposing fair capitalism that fights against corporate socialism. Yeah, that's a typical Democrat line, which isn't totally true. A lot of things he proposes is more radical than the Scandinavian countries. I agree with that. Another one says about your younger generation believes they are owed everything for nothing and should not have to work hard for what they want. It's really worrisome, is it not, that we have the demographic of... um, Ocasio-Cortez, that is forsaking capitalism and embracing socialism. I think a lot of it stems from what they're being taught and indoctrinated by the left-wing wackos who inhabit the um, uh, the faculties of colleges across this country. Well, one another texter brings that up, says the younger generation believes they are owed everything for nothing and shouldn't have to work hard for what they want. Let's go to the phones. Jill from Orlando, what do you think about this? Millennials and socialism. Uh, Well, of course, we know it's all foolishness, but here's what we have to do is push back against this now because ACO, she's going to keep pushing. We need to push back. We need to say it's nonsense. And that's that's what we need to do now. Get up. Let's fight now before it gets enacted into everything we know, because we know it's going to fall flat on their faces. How do we turn how do we turn around the. Americans 18 to 29 who are falling out of love with capitalism and in love with socialism. How does that change? Because they're the up-and-coming people, the future of this country, whether you like it or not. Uh, I think, first of all, we have to start with the schools, start changing the curriculum, start telling the teachers, hey, capitalism looks great, let's tell our students that. 
So it's it's from the ground root because it, that's what's been happening over such a long period of time. All right, Jill, thank you very much. We'll have a whole lot more on this in future shows. Good morning, Orlando. We're in the midway point of the uh, Friday edition of the show. We have a news update right now and a tragedy over on the coast. In Brevard County, bud, two people are dead after an apparent home invasion. Deputies say a resident shot two masked men around noon yesterday on West Court near Old Dixie Highway in Mims. One of the suspects was found dead inside the home. The other was found in the street and died later at the hospital. Investigators say at least one of the suspects had a gun. The homeowner is not facing charges. Nobody involved in the incident has been identified, and detectives are looking into whether the homeowner and the suspects knew each other. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd says one of his deputies is very lucky. Lieutenant Mike Baldwin was shot at during a standoff in Davenport Wednesday night. He said it was just like somebody had walked up and kicked his leg out from under him. He said, my leg flew back when the bullet hit my boot, but it didn't draw blood. It was just the good Lord looking out for us last night. It happened at a house in the West Haven subdivision as deputies responded to a domestic call. That's when Judd says 20-year-old Zachary Stinson flew into a rage, refused to come out of the house, and started shooting. He finally surrendered. The sheriff says Stinson has been Baker-acted 10 times in the past and wonders why the mental health system keeps releasing him. The plague of toxic algae blooms may have finally convinced Florida lawmakers to get serious about septic tanks. Scientists have known for decades they are polluting Florida's water, and lawmakers have refused to crack down because of the cost. But Representative Chuck Clemens says it's reached the point where doing nothing costs even more. I submit to this committee the, the times now to begin to do something, and the price is high, but the price later will be even higher. The legislature passed a law in 2010 requiring regular inspections of septic tanks, and Governor Rick Scott led the charge to repeal it. Now there's a new governor who says it's time to clean up the mess. Terrence Ross erupted for a game-high 32 points off the bench as the Magic topped the Timberwolves 122-112 at the Amway Center last night. Nikola Vucevic posted 21 points and 10 rebounds for Orlando, which has won three out of four. Magic head coach Steve Clifford says they've been playing well the last few games. We had the two good home wins, and then we played well in Oklahoma City. And tonight, I mean, we didn't rebound well, but... I mean, the other aspects of the game were very good. Former number one overall draft pick Markel Fultz is heading to Orlando. The Philadelphia 76ers traded Fultz to the Magic yesterday in exchange for forward Jonathan Simmons, a first-round draft pick, and a second-round selection. Fultz was the number one pick in the draft in 2017, but he hasn't played a lot because of injury, et cetera, right? He's been out this year since November. He's only played uh, like 33 games over his first two seasons. I think the Magic are, are right to you know, at least take a flyer on this guy and say if he gets healthy, we may have an incredible player on our hands. It, we'll see. Wait, rooting for that. Nice to see the Always. turnaround three out of four. Elsewhere, a Florida man's dancing skills, or lack thereof, were not able to get him out of a DUI charge this week. Deputies in Pasco County found 33-year-old Christopher Larson asleep at the wheel of his truck with his foot on the brake. After he was awakened, Larson began to get out of the truck without putting it in park. Uh-oh. Deputies were forced to jump in and stop the truck from moving. During his sobriety test, Larson began to dance while attempting to prove he wasn't drunk. <laughs> the move was a fail as deputies charged him with DUI anyway. Kind of hard to dance your way down the white line. Right? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, if you're dancing, you don't have to go straight down the line, yeah. I would think. Yeah. So that's, maybe that's, it was his way of getting around it. Let me... 
I literally, literally tap dance out of this con- <laughs> this DUI it charge. Didn't work. IHOP is best known for its namesake menu item, pancakes, but the restaurant is putting a new spin on the classic dish for National Pizza Day. The International House of Pancakes announced it will be serving an oversized version of the restaurant favorite for National Pizza Day, which is tomorrow. And today through Sunday, customers will be able to choose from three flavors of the pizza-sized pancake called a pankizza. Ooh, they Ooh are I like that. A pankizza. You can get it in cupcake, bacon and cheddar, and the original buttermilk. Well, that's good. I like that. But it, at least it isn't pizza-flavored pancakes. Because that, would that not be a bridge too far? I was in. I was For what, pizza-flavored pancakes? Sure, pepperoni I, on my cake. No yeah, problem. That actually sounds kind of good. I'm not going to lie. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> sure. Why not? You this know, when a- I was a kid, my dad used to whip up buckwheat pancakes, and they were the best. Have you ever had buckwheat pancakes? Buckwheat? I don't think they served them even at IHOP They anymore. used to. I, uh, I actually used to work at IHOP back in the day. So, yes, they, I have had those, and they're very good. The buckwheat. That's a great taste. Oh, yeah. Kind of a gray look to the dough mm-hmm. with stuff floating around in there that's real good. Uh, <laughs> I love gray it. food with stuff floating around I in it. I know it doesn't <laughs> sound good, but that's it is it. good. Sign okay. me up. I'm sorry. I digress. I'm really hungry. <laughs> I need a pepperoni pancake. One, oh, stop. One more here for you guys. Yeah. A cat in Montana is thawing out after getting stuck in the snow. Fluffy, real name, Fluffy was found buried in Kalispell, Montana, when it was just 10 degrees last week. Vets said he was frozen and unresponsive, but they were able to revive him with warm water and heating pads. Now, Fluffy is back home and doing well. Well, sure, he's a cat. Still got eight lives. That's exactly right. (laughs) You saw that cat, you would be like, wow, they should have named him Snowball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, frozen solid. Amazing Mm -hmm. comeback. Great stuff, Alan. Thanks. (laughs) Hey, um, we're going to check with our resident millennial. That would be Yaffe in a moment, and he's a great musician, so this should be interesting. There's a study out of New York University that says millennials uniquely prefer the oldies to the new music that's out there. Mm. I'm a and, little, I'm a little suspicious because Yaffe is second only to you in not getting the names of the songs when I do a music quiz on this show. But I know he's a music lover and he's a millennial, so we have our test case here. And uh, what would be the reason why millennials would prefer the golden oldies more than the music of today? Uh, Is there something wrong with them? Is there something wrong with the music of today? Mm, That's where I was going, the second one. Well, there you go. What do you think would be the reason for that result from this study? 407-916-5400. How do you explain it, whether you're a millennial or not? Text us at 23680 with standard message and data rate supply. That's next up here on Good Morning Orlando, followed by the Rush Morning Update. And we'll have a news update and weather and traffic as well here in just two minutes. We hope you'll stay with us. Good Morning Orlando on a Friday at 740. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. So here are the results of a study out of New York University. When millennials listen to music, the golden oldies stick in their minds far more and more positively than the relatively bland, homogeneous pop of today. They had them listen to excerpts from all kinds of songs, uh, you know, over the last 50 years or whatever. And the data 
was pretty clear. Millennials, that's your age group, Yaffe, enjoy the older music more than the music that's contemporary to them. And what's the reason for that? I don't know, because I'm not a millennial, but you are. What do you think? <laughs> um, see, it's hard to tell, because I do listen to mostly new music, but the new music I listen to isn't, like, really popular music. It's not music you would hear on the Top 40 station. It's rock music that you would find on uh, Google Play or something, bands that are not as well-known, So, because I really like a lot of new rock music. So you can't explain the findings of the survey? Um, I mean, there's a couple of different reasons. One, uh, popular new music is terrible. <laughs> you know, a lot of this pop music is awful. And what's wrong with it? Um, a lot of it is just the same beat over auto and over tune, again. Auto-tune. Auto-tune's another thing. Explain it's, that to people who don't understand it. It's uh, it's what the digitizes your voice so that it tunes it naturally, but it sounds horrible. So even if you sing off key, it goes through a machine, and the machine's like straightens it out. Interesting, Alan. You know more about music than anybody I know. What do you, what oh. your your take on the uh, findings of this study? Well, it's interesting. Uh, looking at the study, it didn't really say that millennials enjoy the older music more; they remember it more than current music. That's what I caught. And I think that's true. I think I think there is good music being put out today uh, in amidst some very bad music as well, but that's always been the case. You have some really good music. You always have, always have some really bad music. But I think the tunes in general uh, from the 60s, 70s, and so on are far more memorable uh, than the ones today. The hooks in the songs... Uh, really uh, grab into you as opposed to uh, songs you hear today. Yeah, we're going to be playing on Rush Limbaugh's Dime in a moment, so let's move quickly and check the text line on this because we got some feedback from some folks who have a take on this study and why it would be so. Uh, one person said, I've seen this too. All my millennial helpers prefer to listen to 80s music. 80s music is a big hit with most of the millennials I know. I think I think retro is just kind of in right now. It's kind of a cool thing, not just with music, but with styles of clothing and movie That's and movies true. and video games. There's just sort of a retro movement in among my generation and right now. The sixties and seventies musicians were definitely more talented. They've been culturally enshrined. I think parents definitely have an influence and baby boomers control the media world. So you're going to get a lot more commercials with the uh, the older soundtracks. The oldies that were the music that I listened to, I think one thing that everybody gravitates to, regardless of their age, uh, is the fact that, you know, there was a tune that you could hum. There were words that you could hear, not drowned out by a wall of sound. And I think that that has an appeal no matter how old you are. That would be my take on it, Yaffe. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And I think Melissa makes an excellent point. When you think of commercials that are on today and movies they're playing that's the kind of music they're playing they're playing music from the 60s 70s and 80s and you know my generation hears it too you know it's interesting you talk about being able to understand the lyrics if uh, you and i go back bud to the time when we were growing up in the 60s and 70s listening to the rock and roll music of the day our parents were saying well, I can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> you know, so now we're in that position. I don't, I don't know what these kids today are singing about. Think about it. Can't Parenting. Hear it's right. parental influence. Didn't you like Frank Sinatra and Perry Como because your parents made you play, uh, made you listen to it? Heck no. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, we're out of time. Rush isn't going to talk to us anymore because we're going to play on his nickel here. 
or his dime or his $10 million or whatever he's got. The Bob Man with you, along with Alan and Yaffe and Melissa, rolling into hour number three here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Not only is it a beautiful-looking Friday morning, it is Free Movie Friday here on WFLA. And Adam Tickets, the best app to book your movie tickets, wants to hook you up with tickets to see the new Lego Movie 2, the second part in theaters today. Evan and the gang are back to continue their adventure in space, so text your station code, which would be ATOM1. That's our station code, ATOM1. That's 28661 for your chance to win free tickets to the Lego Movie 2. Standard data and text message rates apply. The Adams Ticket app, that's where you go to browse movie titles, buy tickets, and more. So from all of us here, happy Free Movie Friday to you. AOC and friends are out with their Green New Deal. That'll top the news coming up, and Bud will be talking about it as well. And uh, we've got uh, details on a new rewards program that Governor Ron DeSantis wants to give Florida teachers. Those stories and others, and traffic and weather together, all in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 7.59. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us here on a beautiful-looking Friday morning at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Once again, on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM and AM 540, I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this morning, the Green New Deal is here. Details in one minute. What's in it, and if it's implemented, what would it mean for you? The Green New Deal next on Good Morning Orlando. 802 on News Radio 93.1. On Capitol Hill, progressive Democrats are unveiling their Green New Deal. I am so incredibly excited. The Green New Deal has an estimated price tag of $7 trillion, but its freshman champion, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, doesn't want to talk about that. So the resolution itself does not have a price tag on it, which is why we address each individual project on its own. It is certainly ambitious, moving America to 100% clean and renewable energy by 2030. Through major investment in Increases in wind and solar power, sweetened with generous tax incentives. Fox's Mike Emanuel says the Green New Deal also calls for a modernization of U.S. infrastructure. Senate Republican John Barrasso, chairman of the Environment and Public Works Committee, slammed the proposal as a socialist manifesto. It's what it looks like to me, and we'll be talking about it here right after the news, Alan. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Florida's controversial Best and Brightest Teacher Rewards Program will get a major overhaul if Governor Ron DeSantis has his way. Speaking at a high school in Tampa, DeSantis said his proposal will raise Florida's standing nationwide when it comes to teacher pay. If our bonus program passes, we'll go from about 37th or 38th in teacher compensation uh, to about middle of the pack, which is a big jump for just for just one year. Um, and obviously we want to do more. Under DeSantis's program, 45,000 teachers who work at schools that grow at least 1% in their grade calculation could get more than $9,000 in bonuses. Residents of an Orange County apartment complex scrambled from their homes early this morning as intense smoke and flames engulfed the complex. At least six units at the Lexington Place Apartments on Westward Boulevard near I-Drive were damaged before the fire was brought under control. The people who make traffic lights, traffic cones, and other road safety devices are meeting in Tampa starting today. They plan to show off new technology that includes smart construction barrels that can talk to smart cars. It looks like a regular barrel, 
um, that you see out on the roadway in a construction zone, but it monitors um, the speed um, on the roadway and it monitors the level of congestion, and it can shoot real-time information to the driver. Donna Clark is with the American Traffic Safety Services Association. She says their convention will also feature innovations designed to make the pathway easier for self-driving cars. Could be pretty tough on those old dumb barrels, you know, those Bob's barricades. Could be out of here. Yeah, you know, if you're driving along and a barrel starts to talk to you, (laughs) I'm not not sure what my reaction would be. (laughs) It'll drive off the road. Baseball Hall of Famer Frank Robinson has died. Robinson was the only player to win the MVP in both the National and American Leagues before becoming MLB's first African-American manager. At his Hall of Fame induction speech in 1982, Robinson recalled he wanted to be more than just a manager. What I want to do is manage one day, but I also want to further the cause for other Afro-Americans that come after me that want to manage at the big league level. Frank Robinson died yesterday at the age of 83 in Los Angeles after battling bone cancer. He is 10th on the all-time career home run list with 586. He played for the Orioles, the Reds, the Angels, the Dodgers, and the Indians. Nobody quite like him what he achieved on the field. Could he ever hit with power? You know, he was amazing. And then, of course, uh, to become the groundbreaking first black manager in Major League Baseball. And we remember the Robinson boys, Brooks Robinson and Frank Robinson, together on those great Baltimore Orioles teams. You bet. WFLA News time is 8.06. Starbucks is serving up a special treat for Valentine's Day. Cherry-flavored mocha. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Bud's mouth is watering even as we speak. Not exactly. The, I'm kind of a black coffee guy. I think my girlfriend might actually like that. Yeah. She might actually want me to get that for her. I yeah, wouldn't be go. surprised. Yeah, I know. Bud actually prefers food that's gray and has stuff floating around it. No, that's the buckwheat pancakes. pancakes. The, the third hour of Good Morning Orlando <laughs> starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. Glad we got the laughs in now because I don't think there's a whole lot to laugh about with this new Green New Deal that the socialist um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a.k.a. AOC, is floating. Uh, Unless you think the whole thing has just got to be a joke. Uh, We'll talk about this, what's in it, and if it ever got implemented, how it would change everything about this country. So that's ahead on our third hour of the Friday edition of Good Morning Orlando. Meanwhile, we've got the same green old deal going here. $1,000 in green <laughs> could be yours in our texting contest as we attempt to put a grand in your hand to listen for the keyword of the hour. We will announce that just moments from now. When you hear that keyword, you text it to 200-200. You could be winning $1,000. If you get a call shortly thereafter from area code 513, please pick it up. Say hello. Be nice. (laughs) That could be us telling you you have won $1,000. Wouldn't that be nice? All that plus Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 8.08. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. So I don't know if there's a connection, but a couple of days after President Trump's memorable statement saying that during the State of the Union, the United States of America will never become a socialist country. Democrat socialist freshman congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, along with aging Senator Ed Markey, the extreme liberal out of Massachusetts, 
unveiled yesterday their sweeping Green New Deal, the most radical proposal ever to be to come before Congress in the minds of many. It is just a resolution. It is not a bill. As long as the Republicans control the Senate, this can never be implemented. But trust me, these left-wingers are in it for the long haul. This Green New Deal is all about a 10-year economic mobilization, phasing out fossil fuel use completely in 10 years, overhauling the nation's infrastructure, rebuilding every building or retrofitting every building so that it is green energy efficient here. Wind and solar will be powering the country in 10 years. And it goes beyond that. Um, it, go, it goes to implementing socialism in this country at every level. Free college, free health care, free jobs. I mean, jobs available to anybody, whether they want to work or not. It actually says that in the proposal. They're talking about ending air travel in the United States because it pollutes and causes problems with climate change. The basis of this thing is climate change, but basically it's the overthrow of our capitalist system and installing a socialist system in this country. That's the way I read the Green New Deal. I mean, they want to get rid of air travel. How do we do that? High-speed rail all over the country. Electric trains, no more polluting jet fuel in the upper reaches of the atmosphere. And it goes so far, are you ready? They want to cut down on the amount of methane being released into the air by killing all the flatulent cows in the country. I kid you not. It's the cows who are sending up clouds of polluting methane and causing the ice caps to melt and the climate to change. This is left-wing extremism, Yaffe. This is, this is an attempt to birth full-blown socialism in America. You know, the only good thing I can see coming out of this is it kind of lifts the veil on what Democrats and what they really want, what the left really wants. Well, there is a split in the party. You don't have some of the old guard Democrats like yeah. Pelosi, who has the power in the House, really embracing this full bore. I mean, these, these, except for Markey in the Senate, but, I mean, most of the followers of this young crowd of left-wing extremists, socialists like um, Ocasio-Cortez, let's hear from her now, shall we? Uh, asked on NPR yesterday whether she was willing to admit that her Green New Deal plan would require massive government intervention in order to implement. It does, yeah. I have no problem saying that. Why? Because we have tried their approach for 40 years. For 40 years, we tried to let the private sector take care of it. They said, we got this. We can do this. And um, there she was, AOC as she is known, on MSNBC late yesterday, I caught this, on the Green New Deal. And this is it when I say they're all in this for the long haul, okay? It's the first step toward the Democrat socialist seizing full political power in the 2020 election and then taking over from there. When you actually break down our strategy on the Green New Deal, um, even when you go all the way back to to our requests in, in the fall, mm -hmm. we were talking about the need to draft or come up with a blueprint by 2020. Because what this really is, is an organizing play. It's so that 
by 2020, we can get all of those chess pieces in order. We can get a majority in the House. We can get a majority in the Senate. We can capture the presidency and we can get things done. And AOC will not put a price tag on the Green New Deal. Why? Because there is no possible way it can be paid for, particularly in a country that finds itself drowning in $22 trillion of debt as we speak. So what do you think of the Green New Deal? Call me at 407-916-5400, toll-free 866-916-5400. The text line open at 23680, standard message and data rates apply. I've got a clear view of this, and it's not pretty. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. You got my take on the Green New Deal from the left-wing socialists in the Democrat Party. Yaffe, what do you think on this? I mean, the Senate, controlled by Democrats, prevents this from being implemented anytime soon. It's just a resolution. It's not even a bill. Uh, But again, they're in it for the long haul. That's very evident. Well, it's also evident what they truly believe, in my opinion, which is socialism. So many on the right, so many conservatives are skeptical of the alarmism dealing with climate change. Because every solution that is put out there like this, it always includes government control, higher taxes, taking away things that make us prosperous. And we're like, what the heck? That's really convenient for you that the, the only solution to this is socialism. Hmm. Makes me question the whole theory in the first place. What's the chances you'll be talking about this on your new show for the Drive Home PM Orlando tonight? Oh, it, we'll definitely be talking about it. We were talking about it last night as well. So you can catch the podcast of that as well on iHeartRadio. Just search PM Orlando. And the show's on 5 to 6 right here on WFLA. Don't miss it. From the left side of the 50,000-watt front porch, our liberal friend Susan in Castleberry, welcome aboard. Go ahead on the Green New Deal and socialism, Susan. Good morning, bud. Well, number one, I I do think that uh, we do need to take steps to address climate change, but I think some of her ideas, like the cow thing and the not allowing air travel are obviously... Uh, ludicrous. But as far as the socialism issue, there is a difference between democratic socialism and communism. And every time there's a discussion, uh, you guys on the right always want to bring up Venezuela. You always want to bring up Cuba. What about talking about the Scandinavian countries, about how well democratic socialism is working for them? About how some of the European countries, you know, with hey, hey, Susan, hey, Susan, listen, everything's li- working wonderfully Susan, over Susan, there. Susan, Susan, can you yes. hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Listen to this. I want one of you, either Yaffe, Melissa, I don't care, pull up that text message from somebody on that very subject of the Scandinavian countries. Bernie Sanders always likes to tout Sweden. Listen to what this texter says and comment on it quickly, Susan. Listen now. Yeah, one person says, hi, guys. We hosted a high school from high school student from Sweden during 2016 elections. He was quiet, but when Bernie Sanders was talking, he stood up talking to the TV. He said, no, you don't want that. We want what you have. His dad owned two businesses. The government kept taking more taxes. He closed one because he couldn't get ahead of the taxes. One neighbor worked a regular job. One didn't work at all, and tax rates kept them all at the same economic level. So someone from Sweden saying even that kind of socialism is a problem. What about it, Susan? I don't know if I'm going to put much credence into what a 16-year-old is saying, but 
from what I understand from people that I know that I talk with that are, are from there, they don't ha- at all have that view. So what part of the, um, of the Green New Deal would you want implemented in this country? Well, I mean, I don't think that uh, there should be, like, I don't think this country is ready for the universal basic income, which I think she's alluding to, where she says people are unwilling to work. But I do think we need to, to take steps to address climate change in this country. I feel it's a far bigger threat to our way of life, especially here in Florida, than uh, worrying about building a wall. Now, um, AOC is too young to run for president, only 29. Constitution says be 35. When she's of age, is she somebody, based on what you see, that you might vote for? I don't think so. Too far out there even for you, huh, Susan? That says something. (laughs) Wow. More off the text line, if you will. I got one for you. It's so refreshing that the Democratic Party has now fully revealed their hand regarding socialism and abortion. 2020 people, you'll have a clear choice. Yeah, one person says you need to learn the pros and cons, expenses, long-term effect before making it law for the nation. Interesting, on killing all the cows, which I assume is what they want to do because they (laughs) want to end end cow flatulence, and cows just do that, so there's no way to stop them. Somebody is weighing in on the text line with an interesting question. Our buddy Carl Jackson actually checked in and said, that caller's wrong. The Baltic nations aren't socialists. They're a mixed economy with no diversity in people. Yeah, killing all the cows. One person said, kill all the cows. (laughs) Where is PETA? (laughs) Shouldn't they be going after AOC like they went after SeaWorld? Guess we'll starve to death. (laughs) That's the plan. And, And where does Ronald McDonald? Donald stand on all of this. Yes, we need to know that as well. We got to have our hamburgers. As I said, as I said earlier, those those Chick Fil A cows. You know, they want you to eat more chicken. Now they're going to have to get you to go out there and you know eat some socialists. Uh, <laughs> socialism. It's a lie, people. Now listen, we'll kind of have a few laughs, but they are deadly serious about this, and it is something that we will be watching again. For now, this is going nowhere. will definitely be blocked in the Republican-controlled Senate. But again, the left-wing wackos are in this for the long haul. The socialists are in this to change this country from the greatest capitalist country in the history of the world to a socialist nightmare. My co-host Alan Spector joining us now to get us up to date on the news, and I guess this would be breaking news because I hadn't heard it before, and disturbing news about one of the top members of the Trump team. White House counselor to President Trump Kellyanne Conway says she was assaulted at a Maryland restaurant late last year. Conway told CNN she was assaulted right after a Senate hearing for then-Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. She said a woman later identified as 63-year-old Mary Elizabeth Inabinet grabbed her and then started screaming her head off at Uncle Julio's, a Mexican restaurant in the D.C. suburb of Bethesda, Maryland. If Nabinet was charged in November with second-degree assault and disorderly conduct, she has denied those charges. Odd that didn't come up till now, isn't it? Yeah. Publicly. Apparently uh, just this morning, I guess, mm-hmm. in an interview on CNN. Mm-hmm. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. We told you yesterday morning about an overnight standoff in Polk County, and it turns out it was a close call for a member of the SWAT team. A bullet grazed Lieutenant Mike Baldwin's pant leg while he and other deputies surrounded a house in Davenport. Sheriff Grady Judd says 20-year-old Zachary Stinson was refusing to come out of his house following a domestic disturbance. He actually, during the negotiations or during the conversation, said he wanted to do a suicide by cop, that he was dying today. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Baker acted Zachary on 10 different 
occasions. And Judd wonders why the mental health system keeps releasing Stinson, who wound up surrendering peacefully. I wonder the same thing. Two people are dead after an apparent home invasion in Brevard County. Deputies say a resident shot two masked men yesterday in Mims. One of the suspects found dead inside the home. The other found in the street and died later at the hospital. They have not been identified. No charges have been announced. He didn't ask for it, but it looks like the new governor will be getting a new airplane from the Florida legislature. The state sold the governor's airplane after Rick Scott was elected because he has his own jet. So Governor Ron DeSantis has been using an old prop plane seized from drug smugglers. Senate Budget Chairman Rob Bradley says not acceptable. It is ridiculous if we're the third largest state in the union that the governor um, is having having to travel around in the manner that he's having to travel around right now. The governor has not requested funding for a new airplane in his budget, but House and Senate leaders are on board. So it looks like Air DeSantis will get an upgrade when the new budget is done. In Tallahassee, Rick Flagg, News Radio 93.1, WFLA. And Alan, we remember how scary it was just a couple of days after he became governor. Um... The plane that he's going around yeah. in had problems in an emergency landing. Yeah, and an oxygen mask dropped down. Yeah. He, he said that's the first time he had ever experienced that. Yeah, I think we need that plane. The Tampa Bay Sports Commission is getting $3 million in tourist tax dollars to help host Super Bowl 55. That's coming up at Raymond James Stadium in 2021. County Commissioner Ken Hagen says it's a drop in the bucket considering the overall cost of hosting the nation's biggest game. Ten years ago, this board unanimously approved $1.5 million to host the 2009 Super Bowl, and we've also approved $1 million for the RNC, Bollywood, and college football playoff. Our investment is only a small part of what must be raised to host a Super Bowl, with most of the funding coming from the private sector. Now, Los Angeles had originally been selected to host the 2021 Super Bowl, but delays in L.A.'s new football stadium construction forced the NFL to award the game to the runner-up, Tampa Bay. This is good news. I won't have to fly across the country to watch Brady win his eighth Super Bowl. I just go down the road to Tampa. That is great news, bud. <laughs> Elsewhere, it was 55 years ago this week, millions of Americans were hit with a mental illness, and there was no cure. It was called Beatlemania. <laughs> Yesterday was the anniversary of the Beatles' arrival in the United States. That was February 7th, 1964, when the Fab Four landed at New York's Kennedy Airport. Two days later, a then-record audience of 73 million people watched them perform a total of five songs on The Ed Sullivan Show. The excitement began shortly after 8 p.m. Eastern Time when Sullivan gave his famous introduction... Now, yesterday and today, our theater's been jammed with newspaper men and hundreds of photographers from all over the nation, and (laughs) these veterans agreed with me. The city has never seen the excitement stirred by these youngsters from Liverpool (laughs) who call themselves the Beatles. (laughs) Now, tonight, you're going to twice be entertained by them, right now, and again in the second half of our show. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles, let's bring them on. Alan, you were amazing. Ed Sullivan's last words were drowned out by the screaming young girls in attendance at CBS Studio 50. Wow. And if you remember during that performance... (laughs) That was fantastic. You remember during that performance, they uh, had graphics go up on the screen uh, naming each of the Beatles. You know, it would say Paul, Ringo, George, and then when it got to John, it said, sorry girls, 
He's married, <laughs> which he was at the time. The girls were going absolutely out of their minds. It was crazy. What a phenomenon. We're going to be bigger than Jesus. That, that is like the best Ed Sullivan I've ever that was heard. Good. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> now, before I bring out the comedy team of Wayne and Schuster. <laughs> Stop it, man. You're killing me. Traffic and weather together. <laughs> Are we done here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't top that. <laughs> I don't know if we can handle Ed Sullivan all the way to 9 o'clock. I'll tell you what, but that was good. What we need to do here is get you up to date on efforts to reach some kind of a bipartisan agreement in Congress, okay, to avoid a government shutdown. And today is a very important day. You've been hearing about February 15th, which is next Friday, but today is very important. And we're going to bring in one of our top national correspondents here on WFLA in just a moment with the very latest on that important story. And before we go off the air, don't call now. The Daily Sound Judgment Game, and we've got the last chance to get you free tickets to the first pro football game played by the Orlando Apollos. And it's going to be this weekend in the new American Alliance of Football, or the Alliance of American Football. It's a really big show. Really big. You youngsters, <laughs> now you, you Thanks, youngsters, Ed. settle down. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. All right, coming up, we got that special report right after we update Orlando's news. Weather and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. traffic, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Speaking of the border, lawmakers are seeking to reach a deal on securing the border, maybe getting Trump some version of the wall funding he's demanding that would prevent the second partial government shutdown of this year. Where do we stand on this important story? What hurdles are we still facing? Let's bring in News Radio 93.1 national correspondent Michael Bauer, who is on the story. Always great to have you with us. Good morning, Michael. Good morning and happy Friday here, but and maybe it's just Friday, but I'm feeling optimistic. This whole negotiation thing is complicated, but it's promising right now, Budman. And All negotiators right. are feeling optimistic because there was a meeting yesterday between President Trump and Senate Appropriations Chair Richard Shelby. Whatever they were talking about there in regards to broad outlines for a potential agreement, Richard Shelby took that with him, went back to the Capitol, started talking with negotiators, and you saw a distinct change in their mood. Their mood became upbeat. They became more positive about this, even so far as saying that they were predicting that a deal could come as early as this weekend. So there are a couple of sticking points, a couple of hurdles to get over. Number one, the wall itself. We know that was the big portion of this. President Trump wanting the money for building a wall on the southern border. Nancy Pelosi saying she would refuse anything having to do with a wall. The second part of that is the number of beds the government would fund to detain unauthorized migrants. Now, this has nothing to do with actual beds. It has to do with Democrats trying to limit the Trump administration's ability to detain border crossers. Now, what comes of that, I'm not exactly sure just yet, but they are in the works to get something done. They also say that Democrats are showing some flexibility in the semantics. That was the biggest problem here, Bud Man, was the wall. We can't have the word the wall. Well, what about barriers? What are you going to use to, to protect the border? Well, that seems to be in discussion right now, and the Democrats are showing flexibility. Republicans are showing flexibility on where and what kind of a limit they'll have in regards to where those structures might be built. So we're seeing some light of day as it comes to a compromise here. The deal is they want to try to get something in by Monday morning, mm -hmm. so that way they can officially get it through the House and Senate by this time next week when the government funding will run out. 
Yeah, it's interesting. They have a rule now that you have to post legislation, and there's a 72-day mm-hmm. waiting period on it. So that takes up three full days next week. So many are saying that while we're a week away from the next Friday deadline, the 15th on this, uh, that today's a very big day as we head into the weekend. Do you think? Do you have a, a sense that something may come out today in the way of a compromise? I think you might see something today. I think the for I think by Monday for sure. And then again, Monday is going to be very telling. Monday morning again, Shelby has even indicated if we don't have a deal ready to go on Monday, we probably won't get a deal. So that's going to be very telling if they work through the weekend and get something ready to go by yeah. Monday. But it sounds positive. They sound like they could have something positively ready to go if it's what every side is looking for. An entirely different situation, and you still have to have the president and Nancy Pelosi sign off on this. Well, let's talk about the president right now. Are you hearing anything from the White House on? This? this. Uh, Any indication that the president uh, would go for some kind of a compromise, playing the semantic game, the fence, the barrier, the wall, whatever you you want to call it here? Or is he ready to say, I'm sorry, I don't like what I see. No deal. I'm going to use already appropriated funds, go around Congress and get the wall built on my own. Well, Bud, man, as we know, it all comes down to pen to paper for President Trump and whether or not that pen meets the paper. We saw that certainly at the start when the shutdown happened and the president had talked with Mitch McConnell about signing an extension to keep government funding open through the fiscal year 2019 and then changed his mind at the last minute. Uh, that could still happen here, and depending on what this negotiation process uh, brings together here on Monday morning, it, it could be a part of what the president wants to get. We all understand going in this is a compromise, so it could be a part of what the president wants. Maybe he gets funding on another side of it uh, over to the you know government elsewhere to get the rest of the money he's looking for. But that said, he does have the ability here to kind of call this all off, no matter what the deal or yep. if no deal hits the table, and then go with the, uh, the the measure that would be an executive measure to call for a national emergency on some level, and then begin the process of trying to find funds from other parts of government. But that would also be met by problems on Capitol Hill. Republicans that could, both in the House and the Senate, pass legislation to reverse him, causing him to veto, and you go through that whole drama. Got it. News Radio 93.1 National Correspondent Michael Bauer. Great job getting us up to date on this important ongoing story. Have a great weekend, my friend. We'll catch you next time around. Enjoy your weekend, bud man. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Michael. We do appreciate that. So we have one more opportunity to get you free tickets to an historic event here in the world of sports in Central Florida. We're going to send you, if you're our sound judgment game winner today, to the first pro football game by the Orlando Apollos this weekend, tomorrow night, Saturday night, out at Spectrum Stadium. Right, Alan? That's right. The Apollos coached by Florida Gators legend Steve Spurrier. The old ball coach. The head ball coach. The head ball coach. He doesn't like old ball coach. I know it. I blew it. I blew it. But anyway, we're excited about that. We had him on the show. This is the Alliance of American Football. It is professional football, and this is history in the making. And if you haven't won the game in 30 days, by company rules, you're eligible to play and win. And if going to a pro football game in Orlando is not your thing, I'll bet there's somebody in your family or circle of friends who would love to get those tickets from you that you won from us. 407-916-5400 to play, and the toll-free 866-916-5400. Sound judgment right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. One final time for you in only two minutes right here on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM and AM 540. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Time for the sound judgment game, and Melissa, 
What about that prize? You thought football was over? It's not. That's right. We've got a pair of tickets to you to go to the first ever Orlando Apollos game versus Atlanta. It's going to be tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, Spectrum Stadium. You can buy your tickets or you can win them during sound judgment. Absolutely you can, and our toll-free is still open for some reason. You might want to grab that now at 866-916-5400. If somebody gets a wrong answer here, uh, we got a chance for you to win. If We'll open up a line to you at 407-916-5400. So listen closely. President Trump spoke yesterday morning at the annual National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C. Listen to a little sound from the president's speech, then use your sound judgment to tell me this. Which U.S. president spoke at the very first National Prayer Breakfast? Thank you. I'm honored to be here with leaders from across the country and all around the world who are all united by a shared belief in the glory of God and the power of prayer. The National Prayer Breakfast, President Trump yesterday. This is a tradition that began with a president who was the first to appear at the National Prayer Breakfast. Who was that president? Line one, you're up. Line Kennedy. No, it was not Kennedy, but thanks for trying. There's the open line. You can grab it and win the tickets, 407-916-5400. Line two, it's not Kennedy, but what president was that? FDR. Nope, not FDR. Another open line, 407-916-5400. Line three, go ahead, you're up. Garfield. Who? Garfield. Garfield, back in 1881, just before he was assassinated. No, it's that's a little bit too far back, sorry. Uh, what do we got? Line four, take a shot at the president who was the first to speak at the National Prayer Breakfast. Truman. Nope, it's not Truman. I'm going to give you a hint here because we're going to run out of time if I don't. This would be a 20th century Republican president. Okay? Does that help? Line one again. Go ahead, line one. Ronald Reagan. No. Goes back farther than Reagan. Another open line for the tickets, 407-916-5400. Line two, you're next. Eisenhower. We have a winner. Woo! Wow. That was painful. In 1953, Ike was the first at the National Prayer Breakfast, encouraged by televangelist uh, Billy Graham. You're going to the first game ever played by our new pro football team, the Orlando Apollos. What do you think about that? That's awesome. I can't wait. Who's going with you? Uh, I'll take my son. That's it. That's a win all the way around, a father-son outing. Congratulations, my friend. Your first name and where are you calling from? Sean from Oviedo. Spell Sean for me. S-H-A-U-N. That's okay. correct. Well, I know, but it's a, it could be a W, couldn't it? Am I right? Or an S-E-A-N? Sean oh, yeah. Connery? I ask that all the time. You're right, bud, man. What is that? S-H-A-U-N? Yes, sir. Okay. You're going to the game on us, and right now I'm going to put right. you off air with Melissa. Okay, buddy? Thank you. Yes, Have sir. a great day. Yeah, you too, and congratulations to you. Those tickets were hot. Yeah, I was happy to hear uh, James Garfield get a shout-out this morning. He has never come up. <laughs> That's true. He never gets any <laughs> appreciation anymore. We've been playing this game. I mean, he wasn't in an office very long, and no. he's often overlooked, but all of a sudden he's showcased <laughs> right in the middle of... <laughs> can, can Chester Allen Arthur be far behind? <laughs> 
Miller and Fillmore, where are you? Oh, anyway. So Yaffe, Yaffe yes. has established a beachhead with his new show, PM Orlando, on the drive home, recommended to you the best in conservative talk from 5 until 6, and now you are taking over the evening programming. Yeah, I'm also going to be back on in the 7 o'clock hour for my show Beyond Reason Radio. So many people kept telling me, don't get rid of Beyond Reason. We still love Beyond Reason. So in that show, I have a little bit of a chance to get more in-depth in some of the topics than I do in the 5 o'clock show. So you'll definitely want to tune into that as well. Mike Mike Yaffe's on three shows today. I, I call it... Creeping Yaffeism. <laughs> Creepy or creeping? Uh, Either one. Take your pick. <laughs> what about your what about your sweetheart, Steffi? No date tonight because you're doing another radio show? Is that gonna Actually, fly? Actually, she's hanging out with one of her friends tonight, so I was free. Oh, you kind of got blown off anyway, yeah, right? I did. Eh, what the heck? That's I'll stick true. around and do another show. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Terrific. Okay. All Yaffe all the time. Right. I'll see you guys at the Apollo game tomorrow night. Fantastic. Good deal. For Alan. For Melissa, for Yaffe, the Bud Man here. It's been a great show. Thanks to the best audience in talk radio. We appreciate you being with us. Have a great weekend. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.